0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. Welcome to the wet, hot Australian summer. No kidding, because we're going to talk about we, we spoke a couple of months ago, or years ago, or decades ago about what it's like to train in heat. Yeah. And this weekend we went out and did some hot weather training ourselves. It was
1: ridiculous. I think ridiculous. Isn't the Harry Potter? Yeah.
0: Um, this
1: I don't remember us having a heat wave this long for a really long it's time. It's been a
0: while, yeah. yeah. And people keep saying that here in Australia we're going through La Nina, which is meant to be the more milder yeah, yeah, of yeah. the season. I
1: thought we were going to get more rain.
0: Yeah, but it's been
1: warm. It's been hectic, yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy. It's making me afraid for the... <laughs> Yeah. The February ultra, um, yeah. but it's good that we're getting all this training in and heat because obviously there's so many benefits. You know, increased
0: blood plasma, mm.
1: increased sweat rate, lower core temperature, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what we decided to do last weekend was go out for a long run at the Yu Yang, mm. which is our little playground near our place, um, specifically to do some hot weather training. Yeah, um, we said to a bunch of people, "Oh yeah, we're going out for." Five hours. We mm. said we had five hours in our head as a number we wanted to do, and then we said, and we're going out relatively late. We're heading out there at seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. which meant we would be running at midday or finishing up at midday. And everyone was like, "Why aren't you starting early? Why aren't you?" And was like, "No. The whole point of this is to get you some hot weather training right. because you know a month from now you're going to be in bright doing a fifty k ultra, mm. and it's still going to be hot then. It's still going to be hot then. And I tell you
1: what, it was probably it it was it was funny because when we were doing it. And we're going to get into the, the specifics of the run in a, in a bit, folks. But when mm. we were doing it, I remember thinking, it's it's not that hot out. But I think those were like the sections that we walked. Mm. And it's like your body becomes acclimated. Because it was like, it would have been 28 degrees by 8 o'clock.
0: Spo- spoilers, my watch said that on my wrist at one point, it was 38 degrees. Yeah. yeah. So that was hot. Yeah, it yeah. was it was boiling. Mm.
1: And, and it just didn't feel like it. And it's kind of like a dangerous thing mm. when... You don't feel the heat as yeah. much
0: as you should. But when we were running, we definitely felt it. Yeah. So <laughs> what we're going to do is we actually took some recordings whilst we were out there on the trail. Um, I'll be honest, most of the recordings happened in the first hour and a half because yeah. after that we got a little tired.
1: Yeah. I think the <laughs> last recording I did, which, well, we'll get there, but the last recording I did was, I would think, an hour away from our finish and yeah. then I didn't record anything at the finish because... Yeah.
0: <laughs> we just did not feel like it. No. And, and we'll talk about that. So, yeah, we're going to listen to a couple of clips. We're going to talk about anything we think about that, You know, hearing about it three or four days later. And then we'll talk about how we've pulled up again afterwards and what it means for us in in terms of general training going forward. Indeed. So uh, take it away, Maestro. Clip number one.
1: Hey, everyone. Andrew here. We are on the trails at the Yu Yangs. I'm with Zach, Omar, and Daryl. We've just started our ascent up Flamander's Peak for the first part of our run. Say hi, everybody.
0: Hi, everyone. Hey. Hello.
1: (laughs) Hola. That's so fancy. Hello. Hola. Like a Spanish lesson.
0: We decided to wait three and a half minutes until we hit record to make sure we were nicely out of breath. Oh, God, it's only been three and a half minutes. I know. It feels like it's been a lot longer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're still in pretty good spirits now. We're going to go for a bit of a big session. Yeah. Yeah, we're 100 meters in, and we're still in good spirits barely. So uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you out there. All right. So that, that first segment, we obviously had just started. We were only a couple minutes in. And you can hear already we're half, we're out of breath. I mean, Flinders Peak is kind of like no joke.
0: Yeah, it's it's a first climb. The first climb we did um, was a couple of hundred meters. Flinders Peak is not small. The thing the takeaway I take from that is, I forgot Daryl and Omar were with us. <laughs> I just heard them there. So sorry, boys. Sorry about that. Well, it's because in the beginning, especially in the beginning, like
1: they kind of... They kind of pissed off. Yeah. Like, far ahead. And Omar just freaked yeah. it the whole time. Omar
0: was just super, this whole run, as you'll hear us complaining about later, maybe. Um, but yeah, Daryl's a notoriously strong hill climber. Yeah. Uh, and so he and Omar powered off. And and we have, we'll talk about in a bit, uh, I think, talk about what our tactics were for the start of this. Because we knew mm. we were going to be out there for five hours. And so yeah. you, you don't rush into it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I will say now, before we move on, that I am so weak with hills. <laughs> like... I hate hills, I hate them, I hate them, but they're fun, but I hate them. So you'll probably hear more about that later on. All right, everybody, we're on our way down from Flinders Peak. We walked up, we're just gonna save our energy a bit, and we're having a debate
0: about that. Indeed. And we wanna be out here for about five hours this morning. Yep. Which could be somewhere in between 30 and 40 kilometers, which is a good time under normal circumstances but it's hot today it's
1: very hot today it's going to get to mm, with us out here i think we're going to peak at about 30 degrees by
0: about midday or
1: so yeah um and i think that's kind of like my my strategy for the bright is basically take it easy for the first half so i have enough energy to play for the second half you know
0: yeah i think that makes sense I think. Today, we're planning to go up Flinders Peak at least one more time. Yep. Um, the main hills here at Yu Yangs, we're going to do twice. Um, we could, however, depending on how we feel and how we're going time-wise, do Flinders Peak a third time. So I think if we're going to run down the peak, um, second time for sure, and then third time if we do it. Yeah. But this first time, let's just make sure the ankles are warmed up. Exactly. You know, you, you don't win or finish a race in the first 10%. Man,
1: I'd say with an ultra especially most of us aren't there to race them to win (laughs) you know so if you're practicing or practicing that's the right word training training for an ultra good to take it easy and protect yourself
0: um and always like we said before just be aware of your conditions exactly we are approaching today's training run very different to a normal sunday long slow run or a pace session that's it completely different timeline we're running compared to a marathon long distance run I mean if we do five hours today conceivably that's half an hour to an hour and a half longer than what we would do a complete marathon well if
1: we do five hours today this will be the longest time I've spent on legs I mean I think I did a five-hour marathon that time that I blew my knee out yep So, if we theoretically go 30 to 40 kilometers, which I think is ambitious, but if we get to 40 and I'm feeling okay, I say we go the full marathon so that Zach and I can do our first actual marathon together. Yeah, why not? Yeah. My first marathon in five years where I'm not getting injured.
0: All right. so everyone stop the clock at 24 minutes and remember how optimistic we were at this point <laughs> of the gun, when we bomb out at 23 <laughs> exactly uh, point to
1: this right all right everybody we'll catch you a little bit later on and we're gonna try and find daryl and omar who have just
0: put the hammer down yeah and... despite the whole we're walking down the hill conversation they're about 100 meters ahead of yeah, us. Now. they don't care all right we'll catch you optimism yeah we were so <laughs> young and naive back then weren't we <laughs> um Uh, I stand by our tactic like when I did the Yu Yang's 100 kilometers I walked down Flinders Peak every single time that I did it Um, and it does save you I know that when we got there the second time we ran down it Um, uh, but yeah walking down it the first time I think was the right choice
1: I think so too especially like because like you were saying you got to save your energy Mm -hmm. on like the longer you know the longer races and me especially like I I got my uh, ultra guide for the Spartan just the other day There's a fourteen-hour cutoff. Mm. I think I'll be fine. Yeah. And again, I'm not racing it to win it. I'm just racing it to complete it. Um. So, it's kind of like beneficial to take Mm. because when we started out that, you know, easy. Yeah. You just you have much more energy to finish out strong. You're still gonna be tired. Like don't 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 think otherwise. You're still gonna be tired and. In terms of say nutrition, which we'll get into mm. uh, later, no amount of nutrition is going to prevent you from feeling your muscles or being tired, but yep. it might ward off fatigue. Just that extra five or ten percent, which can make a big difference. But you know, you're if you bomb mm. the everything, the first half, you've got no chance to unless you're genetically gifted or mm. elite or know exactly what you're doing. Rarely. You're gonna, you're gonna figure it out.
0: Yeah, we we definitely were mentally controlling our pace mm. on the weekend because, like, reflecting now, we felt very strong. We could have ran down Flinders Peak that first go. Yeah, no yeah. problem at all. Uh, and belted around. But we, we kept it easy. We kept a lid on it. I think we deliberately held ourselves back a bit. And knowing what's coming or knowing what happened mm. over the course of the day, that was a good choice because we might not have made it to five hours yeah. um, if we hadn't sort of taken that little conservative approach at the start, which is a good race tactic sometimes. Absolutely. You know?
1: and And you'll hear later that... We did monitor our heart rate so that they didn't get too high, and that's a big part of it as well.
0: Yeah. So we're just talking about how we estimate our finish times for these longer runs. Um, with a marathon, uh, it's a little bit easier because normally you're running 35, 38 kilometres of training, and so you can take a pretty good approximation of how much longer that extra 4 or 5Ks will do. But when you're doing an ultra, very rarely will many of your long runs get up to a point where you can accurately use that mm. to predict a 50-kilometer or a 100-kilometer finish. Right. So Andrew and I were just talking then about the technique that he's using to estimate for bright. My suggestion, which I'll start off with, is I normally take what my long runs have been in the lead up to an ultra, and then depending on how fit I'm, fi- how how fit I'm feeling. I'll either make an an assumption, I'll make a gut-based assumption, it's not really based on anything scientific, on do I think I'm going to start fading from the halfway mark? Mm. Do I think I'm going to start fading from the two-thirds mark? Or do I think I'm going to start fading from the last quarter? And what I'll do is I'll pick some relatively arbitrary but informed by my gut point in time, and I'll take my pace and I'll put 50% on it for that period of time. Yep. So if I was running 500 kilometres in training for 25 kilometres but I'm doing a 50-kilometer race, and I feel like I'm really unprepared, I'd probably plan for the second half of that race to be more like 7.5-minute kilometers. Sure. So that way, when you're out there on the course, you've got a very, very conservative estimate. Yeah. Which, when you see the numbers coming in kilometer, kilometer under that, it can be a real confidence boost. Because in your mind, you're sitting there going, oh, I thought it was going to take me... 12 hours no actually your long track to come in at 10 hours or less yeah And that was a huge boost for me when i did the trails plus ultra last year
1: and that's a good point because like i was saying um i've been basically doing you know my long runs here my big sessions rather uh at about a seven to eight minute kilometer so for example i did 24 kilometers the other day about three and a half hours my guesstimate if i can do 24 and three and a half Possibly we get to seven and a half at forty-eight. And then that puts me right in that eight hour sweet spot yep. to finish the Spartan Ultra. I gotta take into account the obstacles. Yep. Um and
0: general fatigue. And general fatigue. Yeah.
1: I'm so I'm adding an extra half hour for that second half. I but like I said a couple weeks ago, because I've not done this distance before, or really any distance over 30 Ks in a few years because of my knee, I'm going to head into a uh, pain cave that I've not experienced before Unknown territory Exactly
0: A brave new world <laughs> Is that the song? No oh, okay. But I like it All
1: right. I think A Brave New World is uh, an animated movie
0: And it's also that novel by Huxley, I think
1: uh, Oh, that's a good point, yeah, yeah. books um, Which one's Aladdin? Aladdin's A Whole New World
0: Oh, okay Well, the world, whole, a whole world can be brave
1: It's true Yeah I mean, it doesn't have to be one or the other <laughs> All about inclusivity here yeah. on the Breaking the Barrier podcast yeah. All right Onward and upward. Well, that was a prime example of where your mind goes on the long run. I know.
0: It was like, (laughs) at no point other than a long run do we like to do maths. Exactly. We love math on the long run and just doing calculations and trying to put some logic behind what we're actually seeing, which is, hey, our legs can go this fast and that's it. It's up to our legs. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it's just like, and you know, it's funny, at the end of that day, I, I kind of, I'm tweaking what I'm thinking about in my mind because obviously in a perfect case scenario, I would have gotten to a full 42 Mm. kilometer training run, just didn't have time. Right. So my first eight week, well, my only eight weeks Mm. of training, the first four weeks I was doing two long runs a week. Mm. And then on the fifth week I stopped that so that I could, you know, not overdo it, but I, I kind of played catch up the first four weeks. So now, you know, without overdoing it, getting to that 32 in, um, in the time that we did, um, I'm tweaking my expectation from uh, an 8 to anywhere between 8 and 10 yep. and I th- as an hour finish. And I think I'm happy with that because yep. um, that's kind of, I feel like, would be like a mid-pack finish uh, because, like, I don't know what the uh, conditions are going to be like, but I do know that at the end of that run, I was tired. Oh, I was tired. Yeah. And knowing that I have, if I were doing it, another 18 kilometers to go. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a Spartan 50K, probably another 20 kilometers to go. Yeah, Um, exactly
0: right. And it was like, we didn't really do a lot of calculation coming into this training run of our pace. It was more about where were we going to go and trying to work out how we could keep ourselves out there for five hours or so. Mm. As it was, the course we had planned was way optimistic compared to what we actually did. Yeah. Um, But it was interesting because um, you know I did, for the Trails Plus, I did a couple of laps where I was doing the 21 kilometers inside three hours. Yeah. we took way longer. Yeah. to do 21 kilometers on the weekend in yeah. three hours, and I think that's just the conditions. So that's yeah. it.
1: Like it was just it was massively hot, and I'll be honest. Like I went, we, we I, like for me personally, I went right around where I was hoping to go in that five hours. That's um, good. I think I probably went a little bit further because obviously I I took those extra kilometers to get to that even American 20 miles. Yeah.
0: So when we feel you'll you'll talk about this later, but when we finished. Um, Omar and I finished, and Andrew went off and did a couple of extra kilometers just to round himself up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that was important for me mentally. Mm. I think I had a look at it. I did almost exactly five hours' duration yes. from when we stopped. From when we started to when we stopped, but it was only four hours forty of movement time. Yeah. Whereas you probably got the five hours of movement time. Yeah. Right? Because you did that extra couple of kilometers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I did. I, I stopped my watch because I really wanted to get to that point. Yep. At before uh, before five hours, and so yeah, I stopped my watch at like at five hours. You've you've
0: got a good run now. You've got you've got it's a couple of good data points now from the Yu Yangs, mm-hmm. and now you'll just have to compare it to if you can figure it out. What the course is like at Bright because I, we did eleven hundred meters of climbing. Yeah. So where will that put you? I think
1: yeah. that that that's pretty similar to what mm. we're going to see in Bright. Um, over but, thirty
0: kilometers or over the whole fifty? Uh,
1: well, over thirty kilometers. Oh, I yeah. think. I think uh, because, like, I was looking at the Beast that I did a couple of years ago. That's about. I think that I think the Yu Yangs and, and Mystic Mountain are very similar in terms of things like, especially because we did things like saddleback. Um, you know, Flinders Peak, a mm. um, couple of good hills um, on um, the northern, the Range. northern ranges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, right on. Moving on. Boom. All right, so we have just gotten a saddleback. We're walking up it. We took a little bit of a jog to get here. Uh, this one we walk. So, let's talk fueling strategies, huh? So, for me, I've got... Two bottles filled with water and amino acids. Got my hydration pack with just water. Got my trusty Generation U can. Use coupon code Breaking the Barrier for 15% off. <laughs> and I've got. Uh, I had a Musashi bar for breakfast. Zach, what about you? What do you got?
0: Um, so breakfast this morning, Nutra Grain and a cup of coffee. About an hour and a half before we started, I got two liters of water on the back. I got two liters of. Uh, an electrolyte fluid back at the main stop where we'll go past a couple of times, plus another two liters of fluid again, given it's hot. If we need anything, so six liters of fuel, fluid for this morning just to make sure I can properly stay hydrated.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I have more power aid yeah. zero in the car,
0: and then fuel wise, a bit of everything. I've got some, uh, some Uncle Toby's bars, I've got some. Some gels, I've got some generation UCAN I've got some leftover Christmas lollies. Nice. Which are the ones covered in coconut that my wife doesn't like. So she was happy to give those up. Coconut on the run, that's dangerous. I think I've brought about now that I've got those UCAN bars from you, probably got like five thousand kilojoules with me. Nice. So should be enough to so that's about what 1200 calories no kilojoules are four times as much yeah, yeah. 12 Wait. times four is almost 5,000 no but i've got, I've got 5,000 kilojoules right yeah for, for food with me so that would be 1,200 1, calories 200 calories yeah what said. you say no, you didn't <laughs> that's exactly what i said you said 12 oh, you said, said 1200 yeah i heard 12,000 oh
1: maybe i did say 12,000 i think i meant 1200 We'll play it back.
0: We're not good at math here. No, I definitely not. No, we've established that. <sighs> Beforehand, Andrew was asking what the five of us are going to do. Spoilers. There's only four of us.
1: Whatever. I'm seeing double, which would make eight. So there you go. That doesn't work either. What about you guys? Omar, Daryl? you feel like talking?
0: I'm good. Feeling good. Yeah? For well, now.
1: Do you have any nutrition with you?
0: Sorry, what was that? Do
1: you have any fuel with
0: you? Oh, yeah, or- yeah, yeah. I've got um, water two liters of water yeah um power aid
1: nice
0: and that's about it <laughs> ballsy oh, yeah yeah i like it <laughs> how
1: about you daryl any fuel you good yeah i'm good Hand to fuel? right
0: on that's my boy <laughs> daryl just didn't want to talk <laughs> no at he that was point. just like
1: he was just done he was just like nope I knew I said twelve hundred. By the way.
0: Yeah. No. After we just talked about how good we are at maths on a long run. It's yeah, it's all we talk about. All we talk about is numbers when we're out
1: there. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. It's it's funny that. Uh, yeah. So the nutrition. I feel. So okay. So, do you have when you have Powerade or Gatorade? Do you have the regular one or the?
0: No, just regular one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the one that you mix yourself. The powder, sure, with the water yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah. So I always go. I always go the zero sugar stuff. So. Because uh, obviously I'm a low carb. Sort of Mm. uh, quote unquote athlete. Um, You know, so with my fueling, the Musashi bars that I had, so I had three of those, which Mm. were all low carb, uh, like so two or three grams of carb per bar and like 20 grams of protein, maybe six or seven grams of fat. So the fat is where I'm getting my fuel. The UCAN bars had a little bit of extra carbs, still low sugar. So maybe 15 or 20 carbs in each of those. Uh, And then the Powerade that I had was all low uh zero sugar so yeah, uh, and that that kind of treated me pretty well although i will say so throughout the course of the run i had five bars mm-hmm. um plus the power aid which there's no calories it's just electrolytes no sugar uh, I, I probably took in about 800 calories yeah uh, now i had my heart rate strap on um so it was pretty accurate what what my heart was doing so at the end of the run, I burned just under 3,000 calories. Right. So I probably underdid it.
0: Yeah. I, um, I, I think that was... My garment says I did 3,000 calories as well. Yeah. And I don't think I fueled enough. I think I felt that in the second half. Um, I went through... So on the first lap we did, which was about 18 kilometers, mm. I did my two liters of water that I had on the back. Yeah. That all went. And I put another two liters in for the second half and used a chunk of that. Um, and then I used the, the electrolyte drink... Yeah, at the halfway point and when I finished as well, but yeah, I still had. I mean, one of my generation you can bars in the heat turned into a gel basically. Yeah, that was it just, fun. It just melted so and poured out. I had that one out. too. That was the almond butter one. Yeah, just meant, yeah. poured out of the packet. Um, at my Uncle Toby's bars. I chewed those down. I had yeah. my stroop waffle. Um, which has got gel in it. But I, I probably should have had more. I yeah. think definitely I should have had more. And that's the hardest thing with an Ultra. I just don't know. Generally is just eating. Yeah. But in the heat as well, it was just tough to, to get it down. And I think I definitely suffered in the second half of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
1: think I definitely, because in terms of water, I only had the two liter um, pack. So mm. definitely at the halfway point where my drop bag will be, mm. I will be refilling that. Because that actually, that two liters of water lasted me just enough. Yeah. Like, The last two kilometers I ran, basically, I had just run out of water. And I was like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. Every good run I've ever done, I've walked out of it and I've gone... I fueled before I was ready. Like, I'd finished the run and I always felt like I'd refueled with a gel or whatever before I needed to. But that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. Every bad run I've done, it's because I was sitting there you know, and it was like, oh, I realized I missed a gel. Yeah. a gel took five minutes longer and then you start to get this cascading impact of it not taking. Mm. So I think the big tip for listeners when you're thinking about a marathon or an ultra, especially if it's your first one, is in the middle of an event is not the time to count calories. No. Fuel early, fuel often. Mm. That's a big tip. You will feel a lot better for it and it'll help your recovery after the event so much
1: faster. Yeah, exactly. I think I... Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Don't Don't try to... Don't... If you're running a long distance... Don't run long distance to lose weight.
0: No. And don't restrict yourself and think, oh, I can't have that thing until 40 minutes or seven kilometers. If
1: you need it, do it. Go earlier. Like, I was... I kind of know my body and when my body needs fuel. So I was fueling about every um, 40 minutes to an hour. And in terms of water intake, I was probably taking a swig or two every 10 to 15 minutes or so. Um, And that was fine. But that's, you know... I I would probably not wait, and that's that's that like that's mm-hmm. that ter- like I can probably if I were to take that same twenty miles, uh, thirty two kilometers and do it on the road, yep. in like not forty degree weather, thirty five degree weather, yep. I probably I could probably do it and not fuel and be mm-hmm. fine, um, but you know it's just it's just a question of your. It's just a question of your conditions and also. Recovery, which we'll talk about later. Yeah.
0: And this is why we train in different conditions so that we've got data and information that if we hit that sort of same scenario or problem during a race, then you've already got a bit of a hint on okay, now this is how I can problem solve this. Yeah. This is how I can get past yeah. it. Yeah. And
1: that's that's what it is. That's what running is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's problem solving. Mm-hmm. So like you know, whether it's an injury, whether it's a um whether a you're hitting problem. the wall, a yeah. fueling problem. It's, it's, it's one problem after another. Sometimes the problems are easy. Sometimes the problem is a hill or yeah. sometimes the problem is an a, obstacle an obstacle yeah. or you gotta you know fix your pace. Sometimes the problem is an injury yeah. or hitting the wall. But you solve enough problems and you get to the finish line yeah. and you learn how to prevent that problem from happening again. So we're, uh, we are ticking along. We're about 15 and a bit kilometers in. We're on just like a straight kind of, well, curvy path, but it's a road. It's a road. We're at like easy, but we're all in kind of a low 140s heart rate. And we're just kind of tracking along. To me, this is mentally hard because there's nothing breaking this up. I uh, agree
0: with that. I think on any ultra run, the hills and the technical bits. You might feel tired and fatigued, but you've at least got something to concentrate on and complain about. (laughs) Exactly. Whereas in every ultra run, I mean, they've got to get it to 50Ks or 100Ks somehow, that's going to involve big slabs of just running. And that's what we're on now. Yeah. Uh, The first two and a half hours, first two hours or so, has been mainly hills and technical bits. Yep. We haven't had much chance just to get out there and run more than, say, 2 kilometres in a row. This is the first time mentally and physically we're having to adjust to that on this run.
1: And it can be hard. Like, I'm looking ahead at just straight road. There's nothing. No. (laughs) So it's it's tough, but, you know, you find whatever it is that you need to find, dig down and put one foot in front of the other. And hopefully you make it to the uh, other side. Roads. Where we're going, we don't want roads. Yeah.
0: Once again, it's the great—it's uh, not the hidden secret. It's the fact that ultra runners and ultra running tends to be a lot of walking. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of bits in there that are walking. We were—we did 15 kilometers, and it was probably like we said, 12 kilometers or so of up, up some stairs, down some stairs, yeah. up a really steep gravel path, along a really technical bit, and uh, was only and then and around a corner and up another big bloody hill. Um, it was a lot of walking and hiking before we got a chance to really just open up and run again. Yeah. And the body the body feels it. Your body it really, feels it that it really range does. of movement.
1: Like, it, was, it was strange when we hit the... Because right before mm. that, we had gone up mm. the um, the branding... Uh, no, the... Um,
0: great uh, Circle Drive. Thank you,
1: Great mm. Circle Drive. And that's just kind of like uh, undulating... It's
0: a four-wheel drive track, yeah. but it's a really smooth four-wheel drive Yeah, yeah, track. yeah. So there was nothing yeah. really
1: technical about it, but mm. it kind of takes it out of you because A there's no shade yeah Uh, that was all out in the sun b it's just like you get up one hill you go straight for maybe uh 50 meters then you Mm. go up another hill yeah and so when you get to this area where it's just all flat it's like yeah you can open up a little bit but you also don't want to because Mm. it's it's really tempting to open up a bit um but you got to take into account that that straight stuff is not going to last but also after you've done some technical stuff and exciting stuff It's
0: like really boring. Yeah, it is really boring. Like there's a bit on at the Yu Yangs called the Northern Range Walk. Mm. And there's a couple of sections there where you can really run fast, you know, banking around corners. It's fun. Jumping over. It's really fun. It's the best bit in the entire park. I think so. And then once you've done that, just running up a big hill. Yeah. It's challenging and it's tough and you need to do it, but it's not as fun. So, yeah. And then just running along the flat bit is just yeah, yeah. pretty I, boring
1: i will say northern range and east west walk mm. um i love running that that's yep. a lot of fun that's a little bit more dangerous i think because there's mm. like um a lot more technical there yeah but it's a lot of fun to just run it it is um i like am falling in love with trails yeah uh which is crazy um but yeah so this is how it starts this is how it starts so mm. who the hell knows what happens next Hi hey, everybody all right we're about halfway-ish done. Maybe a little bit more than that. I don't know. How are we all feeling? Yeah, feeling all right. Pretty good. Sunscreening up now. Yes. Slip, slip, slop,
0: slap. Exactly. Definitely before we go back out there. Because the sun is up now. And <laughs> for the next... Sorry, there's a bit of a white goo emergency happening in the background behind me with the sunscreen. Jesus Christ. Ugh. But yeah, now we're feeling good. Yeah, we're feeling up. I just personally... I took in
1: a Misashi bar. I'm going to save my second generation Yukan bar for a little bit later on. Um, so I have been doing low carb Misashi, and then I'll fuel with the Yukan, which have a little bit more carbs in them. A little bit later on, uh, down some Powerade. Did mm-hmm. I use that? I had do?
0: a I had a Yukan bar just before that was very soft, and then just now took in some little sugary Christmas jelly bean lollies just to get a little bit of an extra kick before we head up the hill. Omar. What's been your uh, excellent fueling strategy of choice? What does the athlete in you, you know have? No,
1: had Sneakers.
0: You have a Snickers bar. Okay? Running? Why wait? <laughs> we know you're not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> That's right. He turns exactly. into uh,
1: he turns into like Danny Trejo. Yeah. Or
0: <laughs> oh, but anyway, back up to do Flinders Street for the Flinders Peak for the second time, then Saddleback back for the second time, then Northern Range for the second time. That's going to be another 500 odd meters of climbing. Yep. And then a nice long grindy 8k run around the outside of the fence before we come back up past Big Rock, which spoilers, it's a big rock. It is a big rock. Yeah. It's a big, big, big rock. Yeah. Alright. And on the good side, I'm uh, I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, well Daryl's gonna Daryl's gonna head off. Daryl just pit crude for me, which helps me get uh, stuff back into my hydro pack, which is great. And uh i am the 16 or 17 for the day, so I'm out now. Yeah, that's I'll a nice out. run.
1: That's a nice run. So 16, 16 yeah, and good. a bit K, 17 K is about 10 and a half miles or so uh, for my American friends. Um, that's nice. Are you feeling good?
0: I'm feeling, I'm feeling better than what I thought I would. Yeah, knees right. feeling good. So just got to find some fitness and I'll be right. Yeah, right on. I, I
1: mean, it takes some serious fitness to do what you just did. So I think you're good. <laughs> Especially, in, I tell you what though. It doesn't feel like it's 28, 27 degrees. That breeze is nice. Yeah,
0: breeze is nice. Yeah, it's really yeah.
1: nice. It helps. So that's lucky. So I think I think we're going into a little bit more shaded areas. We're not, because we're not doing Circle Drive again. No, thank God. So that'll be good. All right. Catch
0: ya. So you jinxed us. Sorry. Because it got hotter. Yep. And we didn't end up doing that eight kilometer grindy bit. No, because we kind of, we A, we ran out of time.
1: Yes. But also, I think. Because, well, we'll get into it, but I think everybody was starting to feel it in the bodies. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but just in a, if we keep going, this is probably not a good idea. Because it it gets to a point where you're like, you know what? Because you actually used the phrase, diminishing returns, a little bit further on. Mm. And I didn't catch it, but that's, that's exactly what happens. Like, when you get to a certain point, it's like... Okay, and this is kind of how I'm feeling about it. So we get to, say, 30 or 32 kilometers. That extra 10 kilometers, at that point, could I have done it? Maybe. Mm. Would it have furthered me in terms of my training? Probably not. No. It wouldn't have done anything. 10 kilometers in the... I mean, mentally, sure. Physically, yeah. Uh, But I think... Yeah, it would have been... Uh, not good
0: well it probably would have wrecked you yeah. for today the last couple of days like you would yeah. have had much harder time recovering mm. versus where we are now we'll talk about that later so at that point it becomes you know, the last 10% of any training run you've got to start thinking about how am I going to recover from this yeah. so you don't go balls to the wall in every training run and mm-hmm. then write yourself off like you do in an actual event Right. Um, and so I think what happened is we went out to do the second lot of everything we we. On the first lap, we'd done Flinders Peak, we'd done Saddleback, we'd done the Northern Ranges. We went and go did the Great Circle Drive. We were going to basically repeat Flinders Peak, Saddleback, and Northern Ranges again. Hmm. So we knew what to expect. Um, we were going to do things slightly differently, like a little bit more running. Yeah. But I think it started to build up on us. Like you know, again, we hadn't done a training run of 18 kilometres, 600 metres climbing in that sort of heat before. Right. We'd done that event. We'd done that sort of training before, before, yeah, but not as hot, and so the body responded differently, and we definitely felt that come through in the second half of this race, yeah. Mm. Um, I just, Daryl's uh, feeling of you know how calm he was talking then, the fact that he was done, yeah. You know, we were heading back out again, yeah. And he was like, "I'm done. Good luck." I remember thinking, "I was like, that, that, this is not fun." Because Daryl, but it was because when we were on Great Circle Drive. We went off and ran right. a longer bit because Daryl uh, was feeling a little bit like he wasn't going to be able to keep up with us on the running bit. Mm. So he cut in and did some extra hills mm. um, and actually finished and got back to the meeting point ahead of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was having a chat with him on text today and he's just, yeah, he's really happy he got out there and did it. But he's looking, well, we've got two months or so to go to Oxfam. Yes. And so he's sitting there going, right, that's how I went on a 15K run with hills. That's probably as bad as anything we're going to see hill-wise in Oxfam, mm. but Oxfam's also another 85 kilometers further. Right. So how am I going to go? So we're crunching the numbers with him right now and seeing how he's feeling about at, it.
1: And that's a big part of it, yeah. Like even for me, like, is it 100K that I'm doing? No, but I know that at the end of that run, I still had another, like I said before, 18 kilometers to go. And that's kind of like, that's hard. That's like That's a hard thing to swallow, but you just mm-hmm. kind of have to accept that that's what's going to happen. Like, you basically have almost another half marathon to go after you've done so much. And so you just, you basically, you keep putting one foot in front of the other until you can't anymore. Yeah. I mean, maybe not that extreme, but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and and you get there. Even if you're walking, because, you know, the, because you said, I think, at one point, the worst thing that you can do is spend time in the uh, aid area that you could be walking forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're going to be if you're in the event, you're better off walking on the course than yeah. sitting in the aid station. Yeah, like yeah. get
1: get everything you need in the aid station, but don't spend unnecessarily uh, unnecessary time there because twenty minutes there could be three kilometers up the road.
0: Exactly. It's it's harder to get up and get out of the aid station than it is to yeah. just get walking and get yeah. on with the race. Yeah,
1: I'm very much looking forward to what that feels
0: like. <laughs> All right, we're about to start on our second
1: run of saddleback. We are 23 and a half kilometers in. How are we all feeling, guys?
0: My heart rate was getting pretty high then.
1: Yeah, mine was. On that bit? Mine was about 155 for that last run. A little bit higher
0: than I want. Definitely something to keep an eye on the rest of the run. Yeah. Because we're over three and a half hours now, which. If you're doing a marathon, is about as far as you want to go in training. Yeah, we're in different territory now because we're training for ultras. But anything after three and a half hours is a lot harder to recover from. Our bodies are going to start breaking down now if we don't stay on top of fueling and hydration, all the good stuff. All, the good stuff. all right, onward and
1: upward. This is interesting that we were talking about heart rate um in terms of heart rate you got to find for longer distances like that comfortable area that just allows you to keep going because once you go above that like for me for example once i go above 150 155 if i'm there for too long it becomes really hard to get comfortable again at a lower heart rate because you just you put too much output and all of a sudden your body is not clearing that lactate as well as it should um whereas if you're kind of like below that or if you're in your zone two your aerobic um point it's much easier like once you go anaerobic it's it takes you so much it's possible it certainly is possible especially in a longer distance event you'll have time to do that in a shorter distance event like a 5k or 10k if you do that it's going to be much harder for you to come back because those are built for speed um but it's it's just you're going to be you're going to be uncomfortable for a while. So if you go up, for me, if I go up to 155, 160, 170, I'm, and I want to come back down, I know that for a little while, maybe 20, 25 minutes or so, depending on the terrain, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so definitely something, to,
0: yeah. I think something that was interesting was, you know, I've got the stats from the run and all that sort of stuff. Mm. My heart rate for the entire run was an average of 144 beats per minute, yeah. which is that's great. That's, that's great. in a like you know mild aerobic um, thing, which it should be because I'm doing running and I'm climbing hills. It, yeah. it can't be easy heart rate, mm. but it was well under my my threshold heart rate. But I had uh, peaks of about 180 beats per minute, and given my age and everything in max heart rate, um, that's as high as you want to be getting. Like that's that's pretty much your your maximum heart rate. Yeah. Um, the second half of the race, like I'm looking at, um, my heart rate really spiked uh, on that second time up saddleback. Sure. And I think that's because The first time we went up Flinders Peak and ran to Saddleback, we were going relatively slower. The second time, our pace was much higher. And I don't know if that's because we just had a rest at the aid station or... um Sorry, Daryl, but we you know we weren't running with Daryl anymore. We were letting it loose a little bit. I don't know, but my heart rate was way higher the second time up Saddleback, and then it stayed high yeah. for the last you know hour and a half of the, of the run.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. I mm-hmm. averaged on the entire thing one thirty three, mm-hmm. uh, and like I said, I had my heart rate monitor on, so that's as accurate as you're going to get.
0: Yep. but you the... had the heart, you had the chest strap, yeah. whereas I had the wrist one. Yeah, right. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I always trust the uh, chest straps a bit more. Mm, yeah. Um but the, the wrist straps are, the the wrist straps are actually accurate, but if you're looking for something really specific, like to test your lactate threshold, mm. chest straps, because I don't even, we, we, Garmin, you can do a lactate threshold test, but mm. you can't do it unless you have the chest, chest strap drop, on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, it looks like the first time we were up um, saddleback for me, my heart rate was about... 134. Yeah, uh, and then the second time it's looking like it was closer to 148.
0: M- Mine's the same, but plus an extra 10. I was like 140 the first time, and then 160. Yeah. So it looks like my heart rate's measuring about 10 beats a minute higher than yeah. yours. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we weren't. It's not like we were going faster. No. If anything, we were probably going. Uh,
0: no, we were. Probably I think steady. we were going faster. Were we? Yeah. I think the second time down oh, to Saddleback, we were going yeah. faster for sure.
1: Well, this is this is where I started to fall behind. Mm. um uh you and omar well omar booked it omar
0: was just in incredible form at this point
1: yeah yeah, i mean omar was probably i'd say two minutes ahead of you and i was about two minutes behind you yeah and every now and then in the flats i would jog and catch up and then you know because obviously i'm not as strong on the hills because i'm just not used to them Hmm. um so this is where i started to like like not suffer but just like all right
0: this is figure some stuff out.
1: Yeah. This is good for me to know. Cause a couple weeks ago, whenever the last time we spoke about this, I knew that there was going to be an unknown for me. And like, so the knowns, the known unknowns for me are something like my knee, something like my fitness and what that's going to take me to and how I'm going to feel. The unknown unknowns is how I'm going to go on all the hills yeah. and past a certain amount of time, like past that five hour mark, past yeah. that four hour mark. Really? Yeah. Um, so that was a good thing for me to experience but all right so 30 kilometers into this well at that point 25 kilometers into this i'm needing to take these hills at my own pace and not try to keep up like i just checked because you know the the um egotistical athlete in Mm. me is like "Well, i gotta keep up with zach and i gotta keep up but then I was like, you know what? I also have to be smart. Yep. So, and that's the one thing I've been doing on this training session, uh, tr- uh, training cycle, is just taking my ego out of it. Like all of my runs, well, the 80-20 rule, right? mm-hmm. 80% of my runs have been heart rate runs, 143 beats or less, generally within 130 to 140. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's about a 630 to 640 kilometer pace. Whereas I used to be running every run at like a five-five yep. 515 pace. And that didn't do me any favors. So, like, obviously, I have some speed sessions in there, like, you know, YASO 800s or, you know, kilometer repeats, whatever. But most of my runs, I've checked my ego at the door. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what I did. That's what I had to do here. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to keep up with Zach. Because you also have to remember everybody's different, right? So my reasoning, I had to reason with myself. Zach's been doing trails, ultras, hills much longer, you know, than I have. So to try to keep up with him was probably going to be detrimental. So I was like, you know what? I'll catch him when I catch him. Yeah. And then you did. I did. (laughs) I did. I'll let him tire himself out and then I'll beat him on the flats.
0: So that's my trip now is it does never take you on flats. That's right.
1: (laughs) There you go. So I just had an interesting conversation come up. We're about four hours in and Zach asked me, where am I feeling it? And my answer was, well, where I was hoping I would feel it in just general fatigue. Because as of about a half hour ago I'm into unknown. I haven't been on my legs this long in a very long time. So I'm feeling it in the normal weak areas, but no more than normal. Zach, how you doing, man? Where are you feeling it?
0: Oh, I'm I'm definitely feeling it in my left foot. Yeah, I think my plantar, Achilles heel, ankle area is uh a Kind of letting you know that it's almost done. Right on. Uh, And yeah, just the heat is just generally sapping. The energy It's getting very hot now.
1: Yeah, we're up at least 29 degrees, I think. Yeah. Possibly 30.
0: It is 11.30 in the morning. So we've been going since 7. Four hours on the legs. Plus stops and breaks in there. So, yeah. And yeah, like you... I'm feeling it in my right hamstring, my right glute, I'm feeling like I could be a little bit stronger. Yeah. But mainly it's number one, left foot, and in general quietness, that's what's kicking my ass right now.
1: I hear that. <laughs> Alright, pushing forward. So that was actually, that was our last recording that we yeah. had, but it was an interesting conversation though, um, uh, especially like time on legs, right? So. Yes, of course, with our Garmins, they hit whatever time. They hit moving Mm -hmm. time. But really, um, we were kind of out there. So if you
0: stopped, what did you say you stopped your Garmin time at? My my total elapsed time was five hours, but my moving time was 440.
1: Right. So really, though, you spent five hours on legs. Yeah. Uh, I would have spent
0: five
1: and 20 or something something on legs. Um, So it's like you, you take that into account and it's like. You get to that point and it's like this you could hear it in our voices. Oh like, well, yeah. The heat's definitely getting to it. I don't know where I got twenty eight or twenty nine from, but like like Zach said, we, we looked at our, our weather and the Garmin and the Strava which takes in all those mm. metrics and at that point it would have been over thirty degrees. Yeah. Well there it is. Yeah. Um
0: so there's I was showing Andrew the graph now. There's the northern ranges there and the temperature was Thirty-five degrees or so. Yeah. Spiked a little bit later. At one point, it must have been when we were in the sun, and my watch on my wrist was saying it was thirty-eight degrees. Yeah. So yeah. You know, That
1: would have been on the um, heading
0: back up to the top of the. Sure. S- yeah. Because because at this point, like after this, we stopped the recording and then we started to have conversations about where we were going, because we had just finished Northern Ranges, yeah. which was the technical bit, and the second time around on that technical bit. I was a lot slower. Yeah. So the first time we went on the technical bit, I was running at about 50% pace. Mm. The second time I walked a lot of it because I just was you know, really feeling it at that point. My, yeah. my heart rate was not getting back down into aerobic. It was yeah. staying in threshold level. Um, and I sort of said, okay. And Omar was gone.
1: No, I know. He, he was like seven or eight minutes ahead yeah, of us. Yeah, we, we
0: actually caught Omar only because I think he got lost. Yeah. um and he stopped and had a phone call with his wife like he had that yeah. much time to, to chill out and relax
1: and he told uh, he told some i don't know if <clears throat> i don't know if they spoke to you but on our way down that hectic hill at the end of um the northern ranges yeah uh the people coming up it were like oh your friend's down there yeah and i just want to be like he's not my friend i know
0: i didn't lag behind no. I'm, I'm running my we own didn't... how do you know he's with us yeah exactly yeah, maybe exactly um because yeah, we and I, you and I, had had a conversation just before that, which was I said, "Oh, listen, I'm probably going to cut it short," mm. and you were trying to think about well, which way would I go? And then we caught up with Omar, and we all just sort of then started heading back yeah. to the finish line, like because <laughs> exactly. the alternative was heading in the complete opposite direction to the finishing yeah. line and doing an eight-kilometer loop,
1: which would have probably put us closer to forty. Yeah. Um, I think Omar kind of wanted to do that. Yeah. But he was like outweighed. Uh, I think afterwards. he was
0: he was probably feeling strong enough on the day. Yeah. But once he saw that I wasn't going to do it. Um, and then... Yeah, I mean, and the run back was... You know, a little grind through a couple of you know a couple of trails mm. and then back up a hill, which we'd come down a couple of times. So it was a good finish, and yeah. it got us to thirty kilometers, got us to five hours or so, yeah. got you to a point where you could just do an out and back to get to the twenty miles. Exactly, and um, that's
1: that's kind of like because again, heading up that track, you guys were about what would you say three or four or five minutes ahead of me? No, no,
0: two minutes. Yeah, a couple of minutes.
1: Okay, yeah. uh, and I was like. I, I, at that point, I knew I wanted to go to at least 32. So I was like, yeah. I'm not going to try to push this too yeah. much, and I'll just get back when I get back.
0: It was really funny. I was at a point where I could keep hiking. Like, I was no problem hiking up the hills and all that. Yeah. But if you said to me, I want you to run and do that 8-kilometer run, I was going to be way slow. Like I was yeah. just not going to be able to do it. I, I, at that point, I couldn't run. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I can't run at this point, then probably time to take it safe and get back to the car and try and get some refueling. Yeah, I, I yeah. was
1: kind of in the same boat. Like, mm. I probably could have gone, kept going, a little bit running, mostly hiking, but also I was I was conscious of my time. If
0: it had been a race, different story. Yeah. Like, if it had been a race... Oh, four, yeah. yeah. Like, you just keep going. Exactly. Keep going.
1: I knew, though, that I wanted to kind of be back home by around one o'clock because mm. it's been a hectic week and I haven't seen Aaron that much. Um, That's
0: the other thing. Eventually, life also starts creeping in. You yeah. start sitting there going, I'm mean out here... If I, if I go back to the finish line now, I'll be out here for five hours, which was the plan. Exactly. If I go and try and finish the course that I had planned, mm. I'm going to be out here for six, six and a half hours. Exactly. And so do I really need to finish the course or do I need to get to the five hours? Yeah, and, and that so, was the thing. It was
1: like, do you know what? Again, it's, it mm-hmm. comes to that point where it's like you kind of – and I spoke a little bit about this, folks, on my um, video with Aaron on the, on the Melbourne Superman YouTube when we talked about her Spartan race where you kind of have to start to weigh things out where – Um, do I want to sacrifice time with my family? Do I want to sacrifice time with my partner? Do I want Mm. to sacrifice time with my kids? Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes you don't want to sacrifice that time. Mm. That's okay. Mm. You just have to figure out what that means. So for me, I didn't want to sacrifice that time. Um, But I also weighed the fact out that if I had gone an extra hour, hour and a half, it probably wouldn't have...
0: Diminishing returns. Exactly. It wouldn't have helped. Yeah, the benefit to us in running and training was not going to offset the risk we were taking with right. tr- continuing to train in that heat mm. and also missing out on seeing people on Sunday and yeah. doing stuff with family. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And that's what I've always said. Mm. Like I I knew that I was going to go into this because really I only started training for eight weeks um, because of just not knowing when it was going to take place um, and not wanting to continue the training cycle that I had started a few months back. And I always said that I would rather go into this thing slightly under-trained and that's kind of what I consider this. Like, mm. most people who do an ultra will go to the full 42.2 kilometer training run, full marathon. I did not. Mm. And that's fine. That's okay. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And we're
0: going to figure it out. Exactly. So how did you pull up after the event? Like, what did you do after you finished? I, I kind of wept. <laughs>
1: no, like... Um, what did I do? So I got home. I did some light stretching. I didn't. Mm. So whenever I do a really long run like that or a big effort, I try not to do aggressive stretching. Yeah. I just did some light stuff. Did a bit of foam rolling. I took a nap. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So basically that night, I did some more foam rolling, some light stretching. Really stretched out my calves and my uh, glutes and my quads. Um, same thing. Kind of. I also had a great meal. Aaron mm. prepared a meal for. Uh, she basically started um a roast in the slow Mm. cooker when i left um and then so uh, she's beautiful like she made potatoes and carrots and broccolini and this awesome Mm. roast um and so i had a great meal that night because i don't normally eat potatoes Mm. um but at the end of like a a run like that you can kind of do that um and then yeah the next day i kind of I didn't really feel like, I, I think I told you, I didn't feel like I had done a big effort the day before, mm. which was great. And then I didn't hit any doms either That's on the good. Tuesday. Um, but I just, you know, I rolled and I didn't roll too aggressively, foam roll, um, kept stretching. Really, I think the main thing that I really, really made sure that I did though in prep for this thing, I really, really stayed on top of my hydration the mm. days before. Because yep. I knew that that was going to be. Like, I'd say I probably hydrated for this more than I've ever hydrated for a big run before. Yep. Um,
0: Which we needed because we were sweating like. Dude, within volumes. the first five minutes. Oh, it was crazy. Like,
1: I got home and I was kind of crusty. Yep. You know, like when you touch it and there's a salt, it feels like it's sand, but it's not. It's salt. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just, I just a bit of foam rolling. But yeah, I, I feel fine now. I mean, the only things that are bothering me, are things that normally bother me. It's just like normal weaknesses. Nothing that's um, really come up that I'm like, oh, that's a problem. Yeah. Just like maybe like a left dull ache in um, a dull ache in some areas, but just what you would expect. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? How are you feeling?
0: Yeah. Um, I had a interesting experience after the race. So um, when we finished, uh, Omar went off and he headed home. You went off and did your two kilometers. I, Got straight into the electrolyte, so mm. I drank a bunch uh, before I humped, hopped in the car and drove home. Um, and on my way home, I messaged my family and I said to my eldest daughter, hey, can you run a bath for me? And this is unusual for me. I never have had a bath after a long run before. Mm. But I was like, this is an unusual long run. So I'm like, can you do me a favor? Can you run a bath? I want to get home and I just want to have a nice bath. And she said, do you want it cold, medium or hot? And I said, medium, please. Can you, can you run it for me, Medium. And normally I'd get home from a run like that and I'd have a shower and that's it and away we go. But I was like, no, no, I'm going to give a bath a try. So, copped in the car, drove home, felt fine mm. in the car on the way home and everything. Get home, you know, get changed. The dirt I had up my legs oh, was just incredible. Yeah, you keep talking. I had the dirt tan line thing going on. Uh, I just did not realise, my shoes were so dusty. I did not realise how much dirt I'd actually picked up because it wasn't muddy out there. It was dry. Yeah. But I was just dusty and dirty on all the legs and so I jumped in the bath and as soon as I oh Andrew's showing me a photo of his that's what mine looked like as well it was full on (laughs) so I jumped in the bath and as I put my foot in the bath I'm like oh that feels a bit warm but it also felt okay like I don't have baths that often I'm like okay it's not burning me so I'll sink into the bath and we've got a big corner bath
1: nice
0: um and there's, it's got a door in it that closes because it's also a shower. Mm. And so I sunk into the bath and it was pretty deep. It was up to my chest. Um, and I'm sitting there lying in the bath and I've got the door closed. And it was it was hot. It was warm. I was, I was cleaning myself and I was washing myself, but I was really, really hot. And then after about 10 or 15 minutes, my wife came past and went, how are you going? How are you feeling? And I was like, yeah, geez, if this is a medium bath, <laughs> I'd hate to see what a hot bath is that, that Molly runs, my daughter. And my wife was like, are you sure you're okay? Like, mm. you're, you're kind of panting. I'm like, it's really warm in here. She's like, well, the door's closed on this thing. You're in a bit of a sauna yeah. type thing. You know, I think maybe, you know, should you get out or should you run some cold water? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to waste the hot water. And she's like, don't worry about the hot water. I think you should probably get out. And I'm like, okay. So I opened the door to the shower and I'm, I'm sort of leaning out of the bath trying to get some cooler air. And there's no cooler air. And she's like, you should really get out. So I'm, so I'm letting the bath empty out. And it, it empties out, and I'm sitting there, and she's she's worried because she's hanging out in the bathroom. Yeah. And she's like, "All right, I want you to stand up carefully." And I stood up carefully, and my head started to go. Vroom, oh yeah. Vroom, started to really head spin. She's yeah. like, "Are you all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm fine." I'm gonna get out of the shower now because you got to step into the shower and step out of the shower. It's yep. a big thing where you got to lift your leg over. I said, oh, "I'm just kept, don't want to cramp up as I as I lift out." She's like, "All right, you sure you should get out?" Like, yeah, yeah I got to get out. I can't live here. <laughs> I got to get out. I was in stubborn mode. Yeah. And so I, w- I sort of went to get out of the shower and then I went, no, I don't think I can get out of the shower. And next thing I know, I'm back in the bottom of the shower. <laughs> oh, and so God. she said, I've kind of just gone down like a slow folding, like one of those big wavy blow-up things that they have at the car oh, those yards. terrifying things, yeah. Imagine if you just suddenly take the air out of that and it just slowly drops down. So apparently I've just sort of slid into the frame of the shower Jesus. and slid down into the bottom of the shower again and landed on my bum um, and then sort of woken up again. So I basically passed out. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I don't think it was the run because I was fine in the run and in the car home and, and pottering around the house for the 20 minutes or so before I hopped in the shower. yeah, It was this bath. It was this lobster boiling bath that my daughter ran for me right. um, that just took me out. And so I had like a, a bruise under my arm where I whacked myself on the thing and I had to go sort of lay down on the bed for 25 minutes or so and just sort of calm down and get my heart, like my fingers were tingling and all wow. that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I had a- That's terrifying. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It yeah. was My first ever marathon, which was up in the Gold Coast, I passed out on a tram on the way back to where we were staying. That's right, I remember you said so that. I've, yeah. So I've, I've done that before. And in 2018, the Melbourne Marathon, I felt really bad after that. Mm. Um, and I had a couple of woozy moments where I almost fell. And people were like, we can't catch you if you fall, you're too big. <laughs> so um, I had a woozy moment there. And then when we did the, the Backyard Ultra a couple of years ago, my second Backyard Ultra where I didn't feel properly, and I felt really nauseous. Yeah. And, so I've had a couple of experiences after events yeah where I've been like, oh wow, I really pushed that as hard as I could and I passed out and but this is the first time after a training run that mm. I really went that hard. I mean so, it was extreme.
1: Yeah. Like I felt I must admit I felt a little bit nauseated that day as well. Mm. I didn't
0: eat much uh, the rest of the day. It wasn't yeah. until dinner that I actually ate and had like some Malaysian food that really hit the spot. Yeah. Um but after I was I was it kind of got to three o'clock, four o'clock and I was like, I haven't really eaten enough to refuel at this yeah. point. I need to get some chalky milk into me and some stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I kind of I kind of
0: that thunder. That thunder? Oh, it looks like the storm's coming.
1: By the way, we're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of... Um, I forced myself to eat a couple times because I was... I feel a little bit nauseated. And, oh, yeah, look at that. We're definitely going to die.
0: You might need to drive me home because I rode here on my bike. Jesus. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> that's not happening. That's fair. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it was... Um, refueling was tough. but But having said that, the Monday I took off, the other thing I did is I... You heard me complaining about my foot in one of the, the audios before. I actually strapped my foot and my ankle up and really strapped it up with a crepe bandage to keep it tight and keep it immobile. Yeah. And I think that really helped as well. Yeah, um, Helped me recover. And then did a, an hour running on Tuesday, really easy pace and a little bit of up. Didn't train the lower legs. Haven't haven't done any strength training for the lower legs the last right. couple of days. Just yep. did some upper body stuff. But yeah, today, Wednesday, feeling good. Yeah, nice. Yeah,
1: yeah and that's kind of what I went for on Monday. I, I took like a two-kilometer... Uh, just a recovery thing Tuesday I did train my legs but I didn't run today I went for like a a three three and a uh, bit kilometer just easy run Uh, tomorrow depending on the weather I'll probably Mm. do like a longer session and then Friday uh, I'll do a speed session and then Saturday I'll rest Sunday I'll probably uh,
0: maybe do something Uh, I
1: just don't know what and then Monday I might go back to the U Yangs
0: yeah weather for me Again, I'll get out and do a run tomorrow, yeah. Friday. Friday afternoon, I'm having my booster shot for the vaccine. So nice. I'll see how I pull up on Saturday. Um, but then my plan is to get out there Sunday and do another long run. All right things on. going equal. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of uh, a big day out for us. Biggest time on legs either of us have had for a while.
1: Yeah. For me, pretty much ever. For you, pretty much ever. Yeah. Um, and certainly that was my longest distance and longest time on a trail.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, and that might have been the longest time we've ever spent together.
0: Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. So yeah. we'll have to try and beat that again.
1: Indeed. I mean, there was the Backyard Ultra, which I slept for a, a lap.
0: That would be... Well, I mean, yeah. You were with me at the Backyard Ultra for like 16 hours. Yeah. But also, you only saw me for like... like
1: five minutes. Five minutes every <laughs> yeah. lap. Yeah. yeah. So, and there was a different Zach every time. Exactly, yeah. There, there was Happy Zach. There was Sad Zach. There was Scared Zach. There yeah. was... I don't know who this is, Zach. It was Hungry Zach. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But Zach always liked his uh, potatoes. Yeah. His roast potatoes.
0: <laughs> See, that's why you had the potatoes for recovery run. Yeah, they're huh. good.
1: They're really good.
0: Yeah. All right. Well,
1: I guess that was our kind of recap of our big training run, my last big session before the Spartan Ultra. Um, next time we chat, who knows? It might be after the Spartan Ultra, it might be before might be in 6 months from now, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're, you know, we're not scientists. Um, we don't even do math, right? And that's all that we do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank God we're not in charge of the uh, Omicron modeling and uh, uh, everything that's happening there. Mate. We'd be bad at it. Indeed. Yeah.
1: Well, look everybody, thank you so much for listening to our recap. I really hope that, you know, I hope that this has inspired you but also taught you a little bit of what you need to possibly do on longer big sessions in the heat. Remember, as hydrate, 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 <laughs> hydrate. Yes, as always, take it easier than you think you need to, yes. especially in the heat. Um, make sure that you're fueling. Of course, I used Generation You Can. Generation You Can being the patented super starch formula that helps your body utilize fat as fuel. Always use coupon code Breaking the Barrier for fifteen percent off. GenerationUCAN.com.au And if you are racing a Spartan race, make sure that you use the coupon code SUPERMAN in Australia for 15% off your race. I really hope that I see you in bright. I know that I'm going to see some of you. And again, as always, hope to see you out there on the roads, the treadmills, or the trails. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time.